to a Data Rockstars Coffee podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Janice. This week, we're talking about two recent data protection news stories to hit the media, both of which have a common theme, ransomware and reputational damage. So I thought we'd kick off with one that the twinkle in it caught my eye. Very good. There's a specialist diamond organisation jewellery shop that has been hit by a ransomware attack. And this jewellery diamond specialist has some very well-known, prominent celebrity clients. Wealthy Um, as well. Wealthy. You know, it's a a who's who of the rich and famous in the the kind of story that we've seen online and and the names that have been mentioned. The London-based diamond specialist is Graph, and it's the Russian ransomware hacker group that have been quite prolific over the last year, Conti, particularly on businesses in the US. And they have accessed systems to get documentation Some of those files include names, contact details, names and addresses of where jewellery has been delivered, amounts that have been paid for different pieces, what the pieces were, invoices, receipts, payment information. And they have already leaked 69,000 documents on the dark web. And they've said that it is about that's 1% of what has been actually taken from the store. So it's a different type of heist than you would expect on a jewellery store. You know, obviously, there's great value in the items that they're holding and selling but I think it's interesting that obviously with a store of this nature with the the level of obviously the wealth that you have to have to be able to shop there your customer list is going to be pretty impressive very impressive and just as interesting as the jewellery itself to those people who know that they can make money from it absolutely Because if you think about it, these are, you know, some of the people that have been mentioned in this include Beckham's, I think Frank Lampard uh, was on there. You've got Philip Green. So, you know, Tom Hanks, Samuel Jackson, you know, so there's a lot of UK based celebrities that have been affected. But obviously this is and there are sheiks as well. So and global, very wealthy people. So. I imagine if you're wanting to possibly access people's information to use it against them, because there was speculation that you could use some of the information to indicate if people are having illicit affairs Mm -hmm. because they have purchased some high-end diamonds for a love interest. If your significant other hasn't received said diamonds, there might be some questions asked as to... And I think what interested me about this is that they've notified the information commissioner Mm -hmm. um, about this because it is a a significant issue. They have made a statement to the outside world that they have been able to restore uh, and restart their systems and they feel that very limited, whilst there has been access to information, they've been able to control. They knew that the incident was happening. They were able to uh, respond pretty quickly to it and they are now back up and operational. But if you think about the who's who that have been affected uh, about this, this hit social media pretty quickly. So it's not just the what's been taken, it's the actual impact that this will have on this firm's reputation. So they've had to be able to demonstrate they've responded quickly. We don't know how much they're going to be held to ransom for, but it's that they've got in front of it. They've got, they've told a story. They've, they've told individuals that have been affected by this and they've probably got the money to be able to fund a very sophisticated PR campaign to get in front of this, which Mm. a lot of the more smaller companies that may have been affected by a cyber attack 
don't have that so they might be able to recover from this incident because of how they've handled the media messaging Mm. and i think for them as well they will be very aware of the nature of their clientele you know just the interest that people will have in finding out information and i think Mm. you know there may not be many people who will have heard of this particular diamond specialist sort of run of run of the mill but people will be interested in the celebrity aspect Mm -hmm. of the story and who's been affected and what could be found out by it so they and companies that deal with that type of individual are always very aware of the fact their high net worth clients are naturally of more interest even if you know, if you were to have the same data about you and I, it's probably not as interesting as it yeah. is when it's the likes of David Beckham and, you know, Tom Hanks. Quite I sure think, why that is, to be honest, but, you know. I think we're fascinating <laughs> people, Regina. I think we are. And if you think about it from, from an assessment perspective, you have to think about the risk to the individual. So there's obviously potential financial harm because if they're, if statements and invoices and, and credit card information may have been disclosed, those um, high net worth individuals could be subject to financial identity theft related issues mm-hmm. but there's also the emotional distress that it could cause if actually people are able to possibly um, infer stories based on the information that's been made available um, on the dark web and they're the kind of things that kind of then get the interest of the information commissioner because one person who's had a very significant amount of inf- um, emotional distress could be enough to warrant a report to the information commissioner so it's an interesting one and like you said it's clearly not somewhere I'm ever going to shop but it got my attention because of who had been affected absolutely and I think the other angle to think about again not knowing fully the details of exactly what's been accessed but if they would have an online presence for their Mm. customers and there's credentials there again Mm. you're very much relying on how good are those individuals at keeping things like names usernames passwords separate across Mm -hmm. all their accounts because again those individuals are going to be much more easy to identify and know you're going to get a big reward if you can hack into their accounts using their credentials if they've used the same password across multiple accounts. So the reward is much higher with those individuals as well if, if people do go through that process. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is that you might not think a jewellery store is a typical place to gang of hackers would want to attack, but they've clearly determined value from this. And they are a, a renowned Russian gang. You know, they, like you said earlier, they've tackled US-based, large US-based healthcare companies. So I think it's more about what it is that you're potentially collecting and on who that they are determining if you are an ideal target. So for anyone listening, I would say, you know, just be mindful, you know, what are you putting out there? Are you suddenly making yourself attractive to cyber attacks because of what you may hold? on people Mm -hmm. and then what can you do to kind of reduce that risk absolutely and again i think you know the prolific nature of these attacks has caused the us fbi the nsa over Mm -hmm. there to release statements around trying to warn people against spear phishing campaigns so it will be those emails that pop in so i think whatever your area of business even if you don't think you hold that much sensitive data or you know, and that's something that we do hear a lot from people when we're out talking to different business owners. You know, well, actually, we don't hold that much data. It's just our customer information. 
even that potentially can be of interest depending on the area that you're working in and if they if the hackers see value where you don't then it's more likely that they could gain access because your staff are less likely to be aware if you haven't kept them up to date on their responsibilities to keep data secure they're more likely yeah. to fall foul of things like phishing campaigns um, and those dubious emails that pop into your inbox absolutely and then flipping from this story to the next one we want to talk about is the labor party now admittedly the information is quite scarce that is out there so it's only really speculation about what could be affected but there has been reports and the Information Commissioner and the National Cyber Security Centre are aware that a third party provider who manage data on behalf of the Labour Party have been subject to a ransomware attack. Now, the first thing I'd say about this is most of us use some kind of third party provider. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many things are in the cloud today. It's highly likely that most of us have got some kind of third party system. So I wouldn't so much focus on kind of who the third party is, but the fact that it's the the third party has made the Labour Party aware that they have been subject to this mm-hmm. and that their members' information that has been members and prospective members and supporters information have been affected by this ransomware attack. And again it's hit the media because it's, you know, the opposition party uh, in this country. There'll be people of all different age economic backgrounds that are part of the Labour Party that may have been affected. So very different from the jewelry heist, mm-hmm. but still subject to a ransomware attack. And I think it's obviously, you know, it does class as sensitive information because it naturally indicates your political affiliation. So the level of sensitivity is higher than just, you know, standard personal data. And I think you're right there in terms of that relationship. And, and that's something to think about as a business is where you have got third party providers. What have you got in place in terms of agreements with them about how they will engage with you? If they have any issues around the data, if it's lost or if there's mm-hmm. a ransomware attack or if there's a breach, how do they report that through to you? Is that clear? Have you thought about it in advance of it happening? Mm-hmm. Because then if you have, you're more likely to be able to respond to it quickly and get information out. So the reason I think this has hit the press is obviously the Labour Party have notified their members this mm-hmm. has happened. And despite a labelling of private and confidential, obviously, you know, these days people are not necessarily going to keep it Attention. to themselves. And it has been shared on various sort of social media platforms that this has happened and then obviously hit the news. So they're sort of again at that early stage of looking into it, understanding what's happened, so that they know where the risk is to their members and work they'll need to be working really close to that third party to understand what data is affected and what level of risk their, their, their members have been put at. Yeah, and I think there is a little bit of concern around on social media about, oh, well, you know, we didn't, is data being stored in third-party providers? And Which is why I made the point. It's like most of us will use some kind of third-party provider today. Even if you're using Excel spreadsheets, if you're using Office 365 and you're storing that on Office 365, you are storing it in the cloud. You know, and they are then obviously your third party provider. So for me, it's the know where your data is stored, like what you said, what's their response times to if they are subject to a breach. And then absolutely make sure that the people that are providing you with that data are aware that you're using third party systems and Mm -hmm. stuff. So there can be none of this, oh, we didn't know that. It's like, actually, you did. And this is how we told you that. 
So it's, it's an interesting story from that perspective. But again, it's getting in front of the story to be able to tell people what you're doing, engaging the individuals by saying you have been affected by this and then potentially providing some advice and guidance about how to handle that from an individual perspective, for example. Absolutely. Some good lessons to be learned. It'd be interesting to see, actually, once this is more information has come about, you know, are they, is the third party, who is the third party? I don't know if we'll ever get told that. And what was the type of ransomware attack that had been affected? But for me, these stories just show it really doesn't matter the type of company or organisation you are. If someone out there thinks that you're an attractive proposition and they feel they can get some kind of money from you, you will be attacked. So I think you need to have a plan how, what you do if this was to happen. You need to have a response to that and think about things like insurance it's like cyber insurance think about do you need to get a professional in to to check your infrastructure or do you simply need to change your provider because actually they were not what you expected them to be when it came to this response absolutely and i think there's uh, some really good action points for people to take away yeah so i think unless you've got any other salient points to finish on oh no that's me for today. <laughs> <laughs> then I think, you know, that brings us to the end of another, another session full of really interesting points and discussions. And I think it really reflects the fact that none of us can be complacent and that we need to keep our, our eyes peeled and, and aware of the risk and never want to be in that dilemma of do we need to pay to get our data back? So if you spot any data related news stories, dear listener, that you'd like us to discuss, please do get in touch with us on coffee at dbxuk.com. We really appreciate you listening in and taking note of our conversations and we hope that you will join us next week for more insight into the world of data and data protection. Mm-hmm.